so beautiful to be in His presence together again and seeing Him move hearts and speak to us and encourage us. Danny, thank you so much for sharing. And um, just to be encouraged by you guys, man, the, the people of God gathering again, some new folk and some that have maybe not been around for a while but still pushing into the Lord in such testing times. That really encourages our heart. This is why we open our doors. This is why we push to be able to meet again, <clears throat> excuse me, so that we can encounter our Lord and uh, that we can introduce Him to new people and we can allow Him to work in our hearts and do fresh things because He is alive and He's moving and He's wanting to take us by the hand and lead us even today and show us more of Himself even today. Amen? So I'm going to try and follow... Uh, my notes, but I don't know how well I'm going to do with my notes, Just, but I'm going to do my best, okay? <laughs> so I, we've been in a time uh, of the last few weeks with our leaders and also the guys that met here last week, and uh, the guys at home will remember that uh, we really sensed last Sunday when we, when we first came back to this venue that God is speaking to us about being in war times, and it's something that has been coming through quite often and quite strong and from different angles that we're certainly in war times. And in war times, people just live differently, and you responded differently, and you trained differently. You just live differently because it's war times. And in a sense, as a, as a follower of Christ, we're always in war times, to, honestly, because we were bought, added to His kingdom, and we, we signed up for war, whether we realized it on the day we gave our heart to Jesus or when we came back to Him. We're actually always in war times. But I think now more than ever, that magnifying glass is on, and it's like if you didn't know it or if you forgot it, you just have to switch on the news. You know, you just have to have a look around, and we are in the thick of a global war against just the world itself is at war, <laughs> but God's kingdom as it advances, we find ourselves way more on the front line, way more as the outcast. We're no longer the popularity group. It's no longer cool and uh, and. How can I say? Beth will know back in the day. There was a season in life not so long ago, hey Beth, where it was actually fashionable to become a Christian and to follow Christ. 70s, I don't know. 80s. It's not that anymore. We are the, we are the strange ones. We are the outcasts. And actually, it's a good thing because it, it helps us to realize that we are, we are soldiers for Christ, you know? Those, uh, those songs of old where we take up our cross, where we arm ourselves for battle, those are the songs we need to be singing. Those are the, the ancient hymns we need to be remembering for times like this. Like in war times, those songs that carried soldiers through war, there were always songs and hymns, and it was always music that gave them hope. And I think with our worship and our lifestyle, same thing. So to, that's a recap of where we've been. And so war times demand a certain response from us. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today, some family matters. Uh, so I just want to pray. Lord, I do want to ask that even though we're speaking family matters, and some people might be very new to us, uh, not part of the family, so to speak, here in Greenpoint, but I do pray that you would take the words that I share and uh, use it for those of us that are family and members in this congregation or our church, but also those looking in that, that may know you or maybe visiting from elsewhere, that you would still take a family matter that is close to your heart and you would use it for your glory today. I ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
So did you know that one of the wars that we have right now, one of the big wars coming at us, and there's a whole lot, uh, but I'm going to focus on two today. And uh, I mean, how, how's this? There was a worldwide uh, observation or uh, um, what would you call it? Uh, observation taken and uh, a survey. That's a better word. Thank you. A worldwide survey. There we go. I lost that word for a moment. And evidence across the globe. I mean, I know we're dealing with many different diverse nations, but across the globe, church-going people, followers of Christ, between 10 and 30% of them are saying that they will never return to in-person meetings again. And so I know in some nations where people are more desperate to do this kind of thing, maybe the Far East, maybe very persecuted countries, I think people are flocking to meet. But I think in the more comfortable nations, maybe the Western culture areas, you probably find things like comfort are coming up against the body of Christ. But imagine if it's, if it's towards 30%, that is a large number of people that have stopped valuing what's so important to God, people coming together. Amen? Quite scary. But um, what is our battle? Like if we look at Cape Town, if we look at our church, if we look at Greenpoint, two things that have stood out for me as our battle, and just want to say how's it to the guys in Camps Bay, um, Kyle and Shosh and all the guys there, and also... Uh, Dale and Monica and Pinelands. I hope you guys can hear and follow, but um, just shout for us if you lose me, but I hope that you are following. So I want to pick up on the first one. So some of the reasons given in the survey were uh, comfort is a reason to stay away, consumerism, reason to stay away, uh, backsliding, just pulling right away from the Lord because the battle is raging and some just are pulling right back from God just too much. Uh, fear, fear is obviously a big reason, and the fourth big reason from the survey was that going to church and being part of the body was, the reality hit home that it was just a good cultural habit or tradition for these folk, and actually they never really responded in faith, well, they're, they're being part of a community, then being part of a church or attending meetings was more of a tradition, and they weren't people of conviction, and so my hope, one of the things today is I feel like God wants us to remember to be people of conviction, and I want to talk about a little bit about that just now. The first one is our battle. Our, our number one battle is, uh, and I feel like this is really infiltrated amongst Greenpoint, and it's something that people have come against and wrestled with, but the very fact that it's on our radar means that the enemy will use it, and we need to be aware. So my hope is that as a church, we'd be so aware of the enemy's strategies, and the first one is this, it's the, it's the go with the flow. We call it the go with the flow or the pull or the drift. And it, and it talks into that first point of that worldwide survey, which is um, com comfort and consumerism, but probably more just comfort and lethargy, if you like. <clears throat> and so here's the, the, the flow, the slow flow, or the, the flow is slow. It goes like this. Remember, 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, um, the enemy of God, the one who's at war with us, he doesn't announce himself, like, hello guys, here's my strategy, I'm just going to tell you before the war gets started, so when you see me coming, you can take action, doesn't do that, he's way more crafty, been alive longer than us, he's, uh, he's been around, okay, so 1 Corinthians, uh, you can see there, where is that, 1 Corinthians 1, 11, verse 14, is that right, mm, 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 mm. hmm, <laughs> okay, all the points I wanted to make was our enemy masquerades as an angel of light. So he disguises himself as something good. 
<laughs> so we don't see him coming. Most of the time, we don't see him coming. It's very subtle, very slow, and there's this slow drift towards a pull that the enemy is beginning to pull us away from the things of God. That's the point I wanted to make. So be very careful because he also appeals to the things of our flesh. Uh, I read a great post. Um, let me just read this post by A.W. Tozer, a great a Christian writer and uh, evangelist and preacher and author from back in the day. I don't know how long ago, maybe the 70s, I'm not sure. Maybe you guys can help me. But A.W. Tozer, check out his writing. You will be challenged with every word that he writes and every sentence. <clears throat> and he said it like this. The truth is that while Christ dwells in every believer's new nature, he has strong competition, Christ does, from the believer's old nature, our flesh. <laughs> the warfare between the old and the new goes on continually in most believers. Some believers have quicker freedom and more victory, but the war will battle on till the end. For some of us, we'll have a greater battle in our flesh. And these are the things that appeal to our flesh, things like comfort, things like uh, consumerism. A fear gets into our, our flesh. How do we deal with fear? Well, we respond in the opposite spirit. So when we are facing fear, we need to fight in the spirit and find faith and find Jesus. We can't fight in the flesh against fear. We'll never win because fear is a tool of the enemy. And he's it's powerful against us if we don't respond in, in the spirit and in the strength that Jesus gives us. So we can get sucked into this flow really quickly. So here we go. We jump straight into that. So I had this picture in the week or actually in the weeks gone by of uh, the last media company I worked at. Sean knows we used to do magazine publishing together back in the day. But then it all went digital. And a couple of years ago um, when we started Greenpoint, I was in this amazing media company that was creating um, uh, digital uh, platforms to publish anything, everything from your, and, and we, we would, we'd be telling people on a computer screen or a mobile screen how to find your perfect job, swipe this way, and uh, you can punch in your details and we'll profile you and you will spit out all the world's best career opportunities right onto your screen. And we were just creating these platforms, which are awesome, they do all great tools, Basically, what, what the world has come to, and we're already there, is that you can get anything on screen, right? You can choose your food. You can choose your, you can choose your um, place to live. You can choose career. And you can even work with your screen from anywhere and do your job these days. I mean, it's a big advantage living in corona times, but it also can be a huge challenge. And here's why. Because you can also use your screen to pick a life partner, you can choose a husband, potentially, or a wife, potentially, on screen. And you can just slide what you don't like and slide in what you do like. And for me, it's hugely dangerous. You know, the Bible doesn't talk much about dating because it wasn't something that early Christians, there wasn't dating. There wasn't, so I'm not here to say dating's wrong or online dating's because the Bible's not clear about it. But I think it's hugely, a hugely dangerous time for single folk that you've got at your fingertips, just like food and career and song choice and, you know, <laughs> church choice is another one. You've got to be so wise and so accountable. So when I said we're talking family stuff today, I want to talk about us being interdependent. And I'm going to share a little bit about one of, our, one of our members and how interdependence has grown in his life and our life and how what a safe space that's created. And it's, and it's about us being wise with our lives. Another thing we can do 
is we can choose our churches online. We can just, in this era, just listen to anyone, uh, be part of any house, be part of any fellowship, but never really get to know people, and we never really get to know you because it's on. I'm not talking about us. I mean, we're obviously, uh, uh, we're wanting to build a church that looks like the church in the Bible, which is what we saw in, in, in Acts in the early church, and we're going for that. But there are obvious dangers in our, in our life because all of this thing really coming into a computer screen is very useful, and we can choose as we like, but it comes with a very uh, subtle undertone. And I would say this is where the enemy can masquerade and catch us. Because this whole scenario sets up a very me-focused life. And to be honest, a very selfish life. We begin to live selfishly and we forget about this great uh, selfless God that we have. We sent his only son. And when Jesus lived this earth, he lived selflessly completely selflessly. And you know, he calls you and I to live selflessly, to live beyond ourselves. It's not even about me and my family. It's not only about Taryn and I and our kids, although he's given me a wife, a wonderful wife to look after and to steward and to together we serve God and we glorify him. But one day, and even our children, one day that ends and eternity begins. And it's just... Me and the Lord, Taryn and the Lord, by God's grace, Reuben and Rebecca and the Lord. So this life, this temporary life, as short as it is, and it's short, hey guys, if it's just this last week, how emotional has it been, hey Ross? It's been the most, one of the most tender weeks because we've, we've had friends pass from being sick uh, in this week. We've, we've got people at home in our congregation now who are isolated because they've had COVID and you just, and I had three colleagues, ex-colleagues in one week. They went to be with the Lord, uh, different ages, you know, and so life is so short, yet we'll focus so much on finding a husband or ha finding a wife <laughs> or, or, or having a family, and these are good things that God gives, if he gives, if he decides to give that, and then the re our responsibility levels go up here, because now we need to honor God and how we do family and how we love a husband or a wife or by God's grace raise children, but we make so much of it in our generation, why? Because everything is telling us it's about you. And you can have what you want and you can choose. Don't let anyone tell you differently. It's actually, it's such a subtle drift. And uh, my heart has been broken lately for what's come at our community. In our city dwelling community, I think we face this more than sometimes in the deeper suburbs. Because we're young, we're career focused, we, we generally uh, start families a bit later here in the city. And we've got so many options here in the city, and there's so much success around us, in a worldly sense, success. And it looks all pretty and great, but I'm telling you right now, the thing of me and this, this selfish drift is, is the thing that is going to get at our communities more and more. We need to come against it in the spirit of our Lord. And what is that? We come as selfless people, laying our lives down for Jesus, laying our lives down for one another and serving God. And, and the way that we show that we love Him and serve Him is how we serve others, how we put others first. And when making decisions, we make decisions that are not just for ourselves, but how does it affect our Lord and one another? That's my second point. <laughs> so Philippians 2.2 2 goes like this. Paul says to the Philippians church, then make my joy complete. By being like-minded, 
having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. So that is Paul, and that is the Lord's goal for his people, for us, for the church, the people of God, that you and I and us in Greenpoint, this congregation, this church, this family, we'd be like-minded and have the same love, which is a selfless love, being one in spirit and one in purpose. That's an amazing one verse in the Bible (laughs) to focus our attention and our life on and to meditate on and to ask one another in accountability, how am I doing in this? How we're doing in this? What does our love look like? And what is our purpose and our oneness? And what is our, what is our mind focusing on? You know? And we need to be asking one another regularly because the, the battle is raging to get us away from this, to make us many in mind and purpose and many in spirit. And you know what happens when, when that happens? We get taken out. Before long, you don't see somebody. Like, where did so-and-so go? Oh, my gosh. Like, I just, you know, we haven't met for a few weeks, which doesn't help, which means we have to be really, really, really accountable and checking in with one another. Because before we know it, two months have gone, and someone has just gone, it's like fresh air. Where'd that person go? Where'd that saint go? Jesus died for that man or woman. <laughs> the most precious thing in the world is the people of God that he has died for. And right now, there's such an attack, such an attack. He wants to take us out. He wants to separate us. He wants to, the enemy wants to give us sometimes good things. But are they from God, or is it a test or a trap? (laughs) That's a very important question to ask. Career, family, geographical move, going abroad, (laughs) not just from God because they're good things. They're from God, then they're from God. Then it will be a good thing. You know? You know what I'm saying, guys? Are you following? <laughs> you with me? Okay. So there are a lot of dangers out there. And uh, probably more so right now because the world is just open for us. But on a kingdom level, it's also beautiful because the, the world is open for us to extend the kingdom of God and take His truth Take a spirit with us into the world to speak a different language, one of selflessness. It's a beautiful language. If we can get that as a community of 60, 70, 80 plus people, we will change the Atlantic seaboard. Because I tell you what, it's a very selfish place. And I know the world is selfish. But I've lived, we've lived here long enough. It's very selfish out here on the streets, isn't it? <laughs> you guys know, you know, you've lived here. You know what people are like people that are not under the power of the Lord. It's even a challenge for us that know the Lord. That's why I'm speaking it today. We are prone to selfishness all the time. Maybe there's a spirit over this part of Cape Town. I don't know. One day we'll know. And when I say a spirit, maybe there's a demonic spirit that is different to in other areas. We can talk about that. We can discuss that. But I think sometimes there is different challenges for different parts of the city or parts of the world. And this is a really strong thing that we need to be aware of because we might be taken out by this. This is a a very real battle for where we live, this thing of selfishness. I love how um, pastor and church leader Francis Chan says it, but he says uh, this beautiful quote. He said, the world says, the world says we are to love ourselves, sorry, love yourself, grab all that you can and follow your heart. Gee, I tell you, at one stage, that that would have sounded like 
something I'd pin up on my wall. Now, bef- I think before, before I knew Jesus, I lived that way. And probably the early years, I probably, Taryn will tell you, I was probably still quite like that um, in my career. And I loved the work that I did. I probably wanted to grab all I can, follow my heart, because that sounds quite good, follow your heart. Now, after years, I've learned the most deceitful thing in my, in my body from head to toe is my heart. It's the one thing that I need Jesus to hold very closely. All I don't want to follow my heart. I want to follow him. So he says, um, the world says, love yourself, grab all that you can, and follow your heart. Jesus said, what did he say? Deny yourself, not love yourself, deny yourself. (laughs) Or grab your cross instead of grabbing all you can. Grab your cross and follow me, Jesus, not not your heart. I love that quote. I'll read it again. The world says, love yourself, grab all you can, and follow your heart. But Jesus said, deny yourself, grab your cross, and follow after me. And nothing's changed, eh, guys? This is what we're trying to build towards. This is what we're trying to live in our lives. This is what we're trying to do as a community. Because when people see that, they fall in love with the Creator. They see the Creator. And as He draws them with His grace, people are changed truly from the heart, inside, as they receive the selfless, excuse me, the selfless one himself. Amen? So the second point is, we need to be a people of conviction. So the Lord adds to the church. So here's the thing. Many of you have been added to us and have become family. But you didn't just come by chance. Those that have joined in and whose hearts have been added to us, it was a God-ordained moment where he added you into family because the, Jesus is the head of the church. The Bible says he builds his church. And the early church, when it started, you read Acts 2, 42, 47. Verse 47 says, and the Lord added to their number daily. And we hope the Lord would add to our number daily because then, this, then the body of Christ would, would be growing at an amazing rate. Lord, help us leaders who need to oversee that. But it's the Lord who added. It wasn't people who added to their number. The Lord added. So the Lord added many people to us over these four years and counting and uh, one of them, I'm going to highlight a little bit today. He's not going to love it. But the Lord added Reeve to us. I didn't know Reeve in the previous congregation. I, think, I don't even think I'd ever said hello to him because we were about 150 in the city. And 30 of us came here. And then after one week of starting here, I think Reeve walked in by chance. I think he knew someone or me. I can't remember. But then he just stuck and he stayed with us. And he, like many others, has grown tremendously in this time. One of the beautiful things about Reeve is that some of you may know, and some of you may not know, that he is about to get on an airplane and head to uh, Germany. Oh. <laughs> when I say about to, because of COVID and all sorts of things, his Germany trip was supposed to happen long ago. Then we thought, when will it happen? Will it be next year? No one knew because of COVID and everything. But it looks like this could happen sooner rather than later. But in this time, as he's been waiting, there's been a few things that he's done, which is a real family matter, which is really a a way of processing that uh, is done in family that honors our God. And I'll tell you a few highlights, and then he can come share for five minutes. But uh, in the time that uh, Germany came up as an option for his studies uh, and his PhD and something he's been wanting to do, there's also a work option and a study option in Germany. And one of the things that he's done is he's brought this decision to 
all of us that are over him, his eldership team of four of us. He spent time in our homes. He's been in Taran in my home like more than ever before because of this decision as he's processed. And where he's come to is he's come to a place of as he's weighed up this move. It could be a couple of years. He could be back. He might never be back. We don't know what God is going to do. But Reeve in himself as a son of the most high God has found faith to make the move and to make the decision in himself. Yes, he's wanted to get our input as a family and as his elders. And the Bible says, you know, weigh these decisions up, directional decisions with your leaders. Get wise counsel. But he's felt as he's done that, that the Lord is moving him on for a season. And in this time, we've uh, done a church planters course with Andrew's church planters course, which was an amazing course a couple of years ago. And all those videos are online. There's about 20 videos. So Reeve and I did about 75% of those videos together, I think. And uh, we've just gone through it and said, what would it look like when you get to Germany? Because he's had so much of healthy community. He's not going to want to not have this. So he, he's going to trust that God is going to add people to his life. Perhaps it's a small home group somewhere in that community of other believers, like-minded believers. And he may find that God may add him somewhere. If that doesn't exist and he struggles to find it, well, Reeve is going to be like others who've gone before from Cape Town, and he's going to break something open in a, in a lounge and, um, and be that guy, that, that, that like Thomas who went from City Bowl years ago to Switzerland, and now this whole Swiss church is part of our 412 partnership because one saint went and was uh, willing to fight for a healthy community that looked like church of Jesus Christ. So we're trusting with Reeve that this would happen if and when he goes. <laughs> we'll keep saying if you go, when you go, because we don't know. <laughs> but uh, he's reflected Jesus all the way, and that's been a beautiful thing for our community and our family. And that, for me, is the heart that we need to all carry in the Lord. That's what blesses the Lord. So even if one makes a move that maybe we've said to Reeve, like, if something had to not go right in your move, and you've had faith to go, and you've gone with it on your faith. Say something didn't go well, it didn't work out. It's never a failure. You, you, if you come back, it's never a failure. We've made that clear. And that, that's it. When you seek the Lord all the way, and you go and you end up, it's not a failure. God may be in that. He may, he may want to do something through that process. Who knows what it looks like? The point of the matter is, Reeve, you've reflected the Lord beautifully in this. To a point where even this last week is like, well... If any of you hear God shout a big no, I'll still be willing to lay this down and stay and serve him in this church. I mean, did you see that heart? He would still close the door. Despite having this dream building for a year or beyond, his heart is still to say, well, I'm, I'm holding it lightly. If God changes his mind, if, if he speaks I'll lay it down for the sake of Jesus and for his church. And I believe that that's a, a selfless heart and a heart that, that God wants for all of us. So, Reeve, don't you want to come and just share for a few minutes? And then I'll wrap up after you. Is that cool? I just wanted us as a family to see what it's like modeling big decisions in a family and um, what that can look like and what kind of a heart and a, what kind of a posture really blesses. So just while the guys are setting up, just to encourage you, you know. Some of you are newer, newer to us. But um, for us to process over long times, big decisions, you know, the, uh, the Bible says that um, uh, God appoints elders in the church primarily for the three Ds, 
Uh, you can work that through different parts of Scripture, but uh, doctrinal issues of theology and teaching, directional issues of this kind of thing where people might have career changes or marriage on the cards or work options or maybe options abroad, directional things for us to help the church with and discipline issues. So the three Ds, doctrine, direction, and discipline. Discipline being helping us to follow the Lord correctly and, um, and not allow false teachers to come in and ravage the people of God with wrong theologies. And we are gatekeepers in a sense, but and, and even the way Reeves um, come to us has been a beautiful learning curve. We've got to know him. We've learned from Reeves as well. It's not, this process has been something that's helped shape our leadership team and made us uh, sharper and wiser, hopefully, in the Lord. So uh, just to encourage you, um, just as he shares now, keep him in prayer and keep Germany in prayer as a community. I want to encourage us to do that. <coughs> you never know what God's doing, but Reeve, over to you. Hi. Um, well, yeah, firstly, I would just like to um, yeah, give glory to God for the deep work that he's done in my heart and um, to obviously the elders who I've learned submission from. Um, I know that they always have stuff planned, but they leave it open to how the Holy Spirit leads, and I've learned submission through them. So, yeah. Um, and Neil's already touched on the big stuff, uh, so I won't go into too much detail there, but I just wanted to share some stuff from my perspective. So, w when I wanted to, when I first had the choice of going, I, I really wanted to make a concerted effort of, you know, making sure that I've heard God for myself, and to test that, it's almost m more importantly, and what better way to do that than through our elders. You know, if I, if I had to go there uh, under, for any other reason other than having heard God, that would just be presumption. Uh, I can't say I have the faith to go before hearing God. So I just wanted to make sure I'd included them. And uh, aside from the, there are many scriptures that command us to obey and to submit to our, our leaders. You know, but, f you know, it can get, it can feel a bit distant. So I wanted to share a bit from my perspective just to maybe bridge that gap with, for people who maybe struggle um, with the trust. So I just wanted to share from my perspective. And aside from them being appointed by God to shepherd and oversee us, they have a deep love for us and they have our eternities on their hearts. And because of that, they have such a deep understanding of the weight of the account that they have to give for how well they've led us. Um, and also, there is a maturity about their, their faith that has been tested by countless trials. And what has remained is people who still love God and are still so willing to serve Him, uh, whatever the cost. And through this process, th they've reminded me of what's more important, um, being the <laughs> our inheritance. And that the short time that we have here and the decisions that we make have a lasting effect on uh, that inheritance. And that weight is much greater than anything that I would do here. So yeah, they just made sure that my perspective was on what's more important. Uh, I just want to encourage you guys to do the same. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> We're going to have to celebrate and party a lot over the next while to see this guy off well, to send him off well, and to trust that something's going to break open in Europe. You know, at the end of the day, the, only, the reason we, 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 have, we have so many congregations at the moment growing around the, the South African region, at least, is because we want to 
take the you want to take Jesus into every community, you know, and it, it's the globe, it's the planet. So we do need people of good heart and posture. Um, I, I, it's not about gifting, you know. It really, it's it's. I was saying to Reeve, you know, just we're talking about eldership. I was talking to him about eldership, just because his heart is awesome. <laughs> and you know, Scripture says if anyone desires to be an elder, desires a noble task. I was talking to Ryan Kingsley, who's the reason we planted here, and I'm an elder. He brought me on as an elder. He's very uh, good at. He's very gifted at raising leaders, and being front-footed. It's made, pushed us. Let's get Greenpoint going. He was the gift that God used get Greenpoint going. And he in the moment is in Gauteng, and things are growing in Gauteng under his leadership, him and Lelani. And it's just, you know, there's more and more need for people to rise up into what God has put on their lives, and the nations are waiting. And what God is looking for is not the most gifted people. We know, we can see that in Scripture. It's not about gift. Even eldership, um, Mark is at home now in Marius, but Ross and I can tell you, the call uh, over, 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 over elders is... Primarily, what? Character, yes. There's only one gifting qualification, and it's that he must be able to teach. It's not even that you must be a gifted, seasoned teacher like Ross Gillespie is. He didn't need to be that. He's grown in that, and that's one of his prime gifts. But if you're able to teach, Neil, 10 years ago, able to teach a little bit in a home group setting, that was enough. The rest is character and calling, and, and, and what, is, what are you made of? What's your heart like? What's your posture like? And Ross, um, Reeve has grown tremendously in this area, as many have in this time. And so, just to encourage you, to keep going, Reeve. We're going we're gonna to miss you, but this is the nature of the kingdom. We have one chance to live, one moment to live selflessly. So I want to wrap up with that. So first, we need to be really properly connected with the head of the church. We need to be people who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. I'm thankful for the people that he touched today and he's drawn back into his grasp. That is our prayer, that he would, he would always be close to every single person that knows him, that he'd be close to the believers. And number two, a sign that we are connected to Jesus, the evidence that we're connected to him is how we love one another. So how well are we connected to the body of Christ? How well are we connected? So Reeve is connected in, and through this testimony, he's been connected to the people of God, which is a sign that he's connected to the head of the church. It's a sign that he's close to Jesus. You can't say that you're close to Jesus or connected to him, and you've got nothing of this, because this is the evidence of that relationship. When the horizontal is right and submitted and close and intimate, then, sorry, the vertical, when that vertical is right, the horizontal is just obvious and plain to see. And that's, that's, that's the evidence of, so we need both to be operating in health. Now, some of us are, are new, maybe not connected to a church, maybe not connected to people. I want to say, encourage you, get stuck in, throw your life in like Reeve did the day he walked in here, and don't ever look back. And if you do, God is going to do amazing things through your life. And he's going to begin to touch more and more and more people through your life. Okay. So I'll end with this. You'll find that by losing your life, you'll actually find the great purpose for your life. So be prepared to lose your life for Jesus and lose your life for others. Selfish, selfless, sorry, not selfish. And as you do that, you're going to find your purpose. You're going to actually fall into your great purpose. 
instead of sitting around wondering, what is my purpose, God? Trying to work it out on your own. Throw your life down for others, just as Jesus did. Serve others and watch what he does in finding you your purpose. Amen? Can I pray for us? Can we stand? Stretch our legs and uh, I know it's been cold. Guys, thank you for pushing through the cold and the mist. It's been awesome together with you guys. Come, let's pray. Let's close our eyes and pray. Yeah, Lord, I want to ask that um, just two, two things, God. Two things. Matthew 15 verse 25 said, you said in Matthew 4, whoever wants to save their life will actually lose it. But whoever's prepared to lose their life for me will find their life. Therefore, will find their purpose. Lord, I want to I speak that scripture, Matthew, over us as a community today. And I want to ask, Lord, two things. That there'd be a response in our hearts in two ways. The first one, some of us may have missed Ross's call earlier today, but I want to call it out again and say, if there's anyone here, anyone here that has never brought their life to Jesus Christ, never brought their life and said, I surrender my heart, I give you the reins of my life, I want to make you Lord and Savior of my life, Jesus Christ, I want to give my life to you. I don't want you to go and miss that moment, so please would you give me a wave so that I could pray with you after this service, if there's anyone or at least, please come and talk to me afterwards. That would be an absolute privilege. And the number two would be, it's one or two of us may still just feel like, as I've spoken about selfishness, that there's something of, I want to lay down my selfish nature, or I believe some parts of me are still selfish. When I look at Jesus and the way he lived, I want to bring my selfishness to the feet of Jesus today. I want to invite you to ask the Spirit of God to come into your heart and help you with that now. And also, if that's you, I want to encourage you to come and chat to one of us afterwards. We'll hang around the front. Let's deal with selfishness. If you feel you've got a root there, or it's just bothering you, or you're not getting victory, you want to live more selflessly, come into the front. We'll pray over you. We'll trust that God is going to set something in motion today that you're going to see change in the days ahead. Amen? All right. Thank you, guys. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. Precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So you guys are welcome to come. If you want to come to the front, we'd love to pray for some of you folk. If you want to come join me, please do that. We'll be hanging around. And uh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Great to have you guys with us. Appreciate you visiting Hunter and Andrea and all the crew. It's great to have you guys. You're welcome back anytime, okay?